Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you so much for tuning in to KPCG.FM, KPCG Radio today. You're living in a settlement in the Republic of Texas in the late 1830s. This is a region dominated by the fearsome Comanche Indian tribe. You are well aware that if the Comanche should ever tr- decide to raid your settlement, you would have just two choices. Shut the gate and fight to the death from the inside of your fort or sneak into the surrounding cornfields and pray you don't get found. That was the reality of life on the American frontier just a century or two ago. And of course, the Republic of Texas, which until I believe 1846, for about a decade was its own independent nation too. The people there had a lot of similar experiences. There were Americans and Texans and Indians, plenty of them having squabbles with each other. The French, the Spanish, the English, or the British were still around, but pretty much about to leave the continent. But there were all kinds of disputes over territory and supplies. And you knew that on any given day, you could be attacked. That was the harsh, hard reality of life for the people who built this country. Those people had to be extremely tough. They needed to build real life skills. They needed to learn from hard work and daily experience how to survive without all of the conveniences that we often take for granted today. They didn't have plumbing systems and water and electrical systems. They often had to go outside their homes outdoors and find a restroom out there or go down to the creek to get their water to drink and boil it to make sure that they didn't get sick from drinking it. Diseases back then were much more deadly, often because of a lack of proper sanitation and hygiene. And life was a whole lot more dangerous Now, during those times, people like that had to think about real threats, real problems. Today, in our 
comfortable, soft, sensitive society. It's almost like people search for things to be upset about or to be offended about. The last uh, last week's Trumpet Hour Wednesday edition talked about how America is distracted, how we're thinking about all of these fake problems while our enemies are subverting us from within. We have some dangerous enemies of America out there. And yet, so often we are distracted, squabbling amongst ourselves, and we don't see the real threats. We're focused on the hoax of climate change. We're focused on gender equality, as if there is any way in 2021 that the genders aren't equal already. All kinds of fake problems. And we're soft. Sometimes you'll see somebody tweet a message today that stirs up so much heartbreak and hurt feelings that it's almost like that person committed a murder. People literally get so upset by words. Now, if you... If we had the same types of issues today to deal with that our forefathers did, our ancestors did, as they built America, the same types of threats that they faced, we wouldn't have any time to get offended. We wouldn't have any time to get soft and out of shape because we'd have to be able to defend ourselves. We'd have to be able to actually protect our families from real threats instead of sitting comfortably on the couch and scrolling through the internet to find something to be outraged about. It's just an interesting contrast in societies between back then you can pretty much pick any point throughout history versus today where we are so blessed and so comfortable. Good times sadly, make soft men, soft people. Soft people make hard times. Hard times make strong people. And those strong men make good times all over again. But the cycle always continues. We are in that deadly part of the cycle where good times, luxurious, convenient times are making a soft people. Now, in God's work, we have to be tough. In the Philadelphia Church of God, we have to be tough. There is no choice. Tough people are called to do God's work, not the weak. This is an article titled, Bring Toughness into Your Education, from December 27th, 2016, written by Mr. Stephen Flurry. And he wrote, the right kind of toughness starts in the mind. It takes mental and spiritual toughness to be educated God's way. Speaking of godly education, a new academic year for Herbert W. Armstrong College and the Sisters School Imperial Academy starts today. 
We have new students. We have students who have been around for a few years from ages five all the way till almost 30. And these students are geared up for another year of education God's way. And they're going to learn toughness. They're going to learn time management. They're going to learn how to sacrifice and serve to put the needs of others ahead of their own. They're going to learn how to be tough. How badly do we need toughness in the world today? There was just an article that came up on the PCG.church website this past Friday about toughness, being tough-minded, not letting trials derail us and demoralize us. We're going to go through trials. We're going to have challenges that force us to build God's character or to just cave in. We have a choice. And the right choice is, of course, to be tough, to be empowered by God, to push through. Think about life on the American frontier back in the 1700s, the 1800s, as these people built our country through grit and morals and hard work. They had a type of education to match that physically tough lifestyle. Now, some of them had to miss out on public schooling or going to the schoolhouse for their education because they had to help on the farm. But if they did go to the schoolhouse, if they were educated outside the home in a school, they were disciplined They had to pay attention. They had to work hard. Their school hours were long hours. The the standard for education was high. It was a lot more of a challenging program than most of us end up going through today. It's not just true of America. That's true of Great Britain, the British Empire too, plenty of other places. The average education in Zimbabwe, for example, as we've heard from one of our college students on Trumpet Hour in the past, is much more complex and challenging than the average American education. In the British Empire, William Shakespeare was at school for about 12 hours a day. And back then, there was no room for excuses. Either you worked hard and you learned what you had to learn, or you'd face the consequences. There was no trying to coax the teacher to take it easy on you. And generally, there was a a more eager attitude toward learning. Today, we have a lot of distractions and temptations and luxuries that could draw us away from hard work, from toughness in our education. But William Shakespeare wouldn't have become the greatest poet of all time if not for those 12-hour school days. That was a big part of forming him into what he eventually became. 
in this article, again, bring toughness into your education. You can find this at the PCG.church website. Bring toughness into your education. Mr. Stephen Flurry writes about the example of our predecessor, the Worldwide Church of God founder, Herbert W. Armstrong. When God was calling him, when he was starting to prove God's truth for himself in the 1930s, even the late 1920s, he would study day and night. He would study from 9 a.m. to about 9 p.m. at the Portland Public Library up there in Oregon State. And then he'd go home and he'd study till midnight or 1 a.m. until his wife convinced him to come to bed. Six months of this type of study. It worked out that he wasn't employed at this time. His businesses had been collapsing. And so he had a lot of time to devote to study, to becoming tough in his education. Mr. Armstrong was never educated past high school. And yet the education he gave himself and the education that God gave to him was way more impactful than anything he could have learned at school because he pushed himself really hard and he learned to love what he was studying. He proved for an absolute fact that the Sabbath day is still in existence today and still to be kept by anyone trying to follow God. He proved for an absolute fact that evolution is a myth and that God is creator But he had to read book after book, prove through intense study of the Bible and all of the Bible helps what the truth actually was in those uh, about those subjects. Second Timothy two verse 15 gives us this principle that Mr. Armstrong applied in his life. And this is a principle we can all apply, even if we're not currently going through God's educational system of Armstrong College or Imperial Academy, we're all students. We're all future teachers in God's system. And this is the approach we should have to study. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study like a workman. Put your head down and get to work. Really try to learn all you can. Work hard at it. Be tough. Don't quit. Even if it's challenging, don't just give up right away. That applies to Bible study. That applies to everything we need to learn. It's not just enough to know what the Bible says We should also be well-rounded in our education. We should know the core subjects taught in school. We should know the electives of music and other cultural pursuits. Of course, from the vantage point of God's culture. Be well-rounded in education. Be tough in education. Be willing to put in the work. 
rather than inventing excuses for why we're not learning what we need to learn. Isaiah 28 verse 10 says, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So study often means searching throughout the Bible to put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together and get a clearer picture of the overall subject. And that's often true of our schooling as well, of our education outside of the Bible. It does take discipline and hard work and toughness to do that. Salvation is education. All of us need to be educated. All of us need to put in the work to be educated. All of our students at the college, at the academy, need to be motivated to be educated. All of us supporting God's work and in God's church need to be educated. We have to be ready at any time to give an answer of the hope that is in us. If anyone should ask us, we should be able to explain what we believe. And of course, all of our other subjects, English, math, science, all of that is important. Even if you don't think you're going to use these subjects in your future career, still being educated prevents being deceived. It's so easy to be deceived if we don't even know how to think, if we've never invested any time to learn how to focus, how to research a topic before coming to a conclusion, before deciding what we believe about that topic. This is a shallow society. People, people's brains are conditioned to have the attention span of a goldfish. Just a six-second video. Just watch this little clip. Read this headline. Let your mind dart from morsel of information to trivial morsel. And, and there's no depth to it. There's no toughness to it. It's interesting how often these different radio programs and, and articles being produced by God's church tie together. Um, there was an article recently by Abraham Blondeau on the trumpet.com about video game addiction. And he gave the example of how, when he was a warehouse manager, some of his workers would stay up all night playing a video game and come into work the next day on a couple hours of sleep. And obviously that would affect their work performance and some of his workers would take the day off of work to buy the latest video game console when it was released in stores. I mean, that is, that is just a, a symptom of our sick society, a, a, a crippling addiction where our life passes us by. And you can't imagine that people who live that way 
ever developed any sort of toughness in their education, ever learned how to be disciplined and focused, how to dig deep into their study, to learn how to think, to learn how to teach, which is our future, to teach. We learn so we can teach. Here at the end of this article, again, Bring Toughness into Your Education by Mr. Stephen Flurry, available to you at pcg.church. He writes, you might feel like a shallow thinker. Perhaps you've never liked to read, and you hate trying to write out your thoughts. You can reverse this trend of becoming superficial. You can rewire your human spirit back to the way it should be if your desire is strong enough and you are willing to educate yourself. You don't have to be shallow like the world. God's purpose is to re-educate, train, and renew your mind. His divine purpose for mankind is for them to learn to think and act like him. You see, it's more than just getting a good grade. It's more than just impressing our teachers with a, a, a nice term paper. It goes beyond our schooling, high school, college, it's about our future for the rest of eternity. Being educated to think deeply like God. Mr. Stephen Flurry gives a couple of practical tips on getting educated God's way. God's way of educational toughness. Making the sacrifices to learn the material. And learning the material so well, we could turn around and explain it to others. He says, first, learn how to study by developing a love for reading the printed word. Education goes far beyond school. Have you ever thought of reading as a way of connecting people of different cultures from different parts of the world, different ideologies and belief systems, and giving a common standard for us all to relate to. You could be relaxing out in the sun and reading a good book. And all of a sudden you're transported from your rural neighborhood all the way into the middle of Siberia, into one of those gulags of the Soviet union. You could be transported anywhere and you could learn the experiences of others in history, in the present day. You could learn valuable lessons that will change your life. And it's way more rewarding than television and movies and video games. Mr. Flurry continues, second, get into the habit of turning off the distractions that interfere with your study. God intended our thoughts to govern our actions. You can either set your mind to steer the ship or you can let it drift aimlessly in the ocean. And then he said, control where your mind goes by eliminating distractions and focusing on the material you need to study. And this is a great point. I'm sure we've all experienced that. If we have an electronic device or a TV screen nearby, in the same room where we're trying to dig deep into the Bible or into a textbook, it can be pretty hard to stay focused. Find a place where you're not even in the same room 
as an electronic device. If you are distracted by screens, leave them behind literally. Go somewhere where they are not even anywhere near you. And you will be shocked by how much better and more fulfilling your study, your education, your toughness in education goes. We can all become deep thinkers. We can all pour ourselves into education, whether we're at Armstrong College, Imperial Academy, members of the Philadelphia Church of God, supporters of God's work. Whether we're not even old enough for school yet or we're way past school, we can keep on being educated all the time. And God does want people who are tough in their education, like Mr. Armstrong was, like people had to be before our comfortable society came around. So this is just a a nice reminder here, hopefully, uh, as we get into yet another school year here on God's campus. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 